0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the Senior Pastor of Transformed Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Are we ready to get into the Word this morning? Yes! Alright, would you reach someone or stretch your hand out to someone as we pray? Father Lord God, this morning we come to you because you are our God. And we are your people lord we so appreciate that you are present in our lives we so appreciate that you continue to pour out your grace and mercy day after day week after week year after year and lord as we embark on a new year we're still in the in the genesis of 2020 and we pray lord god that you go before us into this year That you open every door of opportunity for your people whatever is necessary Lord God for your people you're well able to pour out and I pray Lord God by your power and by your might that you would rain down Lord God your blessings upon your people Lord God provide for them open up their hearts open up their minds open up their finances open up whatever they need you're well able to supply Lord God So Lord, we look to you in every circumstance. We look to you because you are the solution. You are the answer. You're the one that can do all things but fail. And Lord, as we gather this morning, we ask that your word have free course in every heart and every life. That you touch and renew lives. That you continue to expand our thinking, expand our heart to receive your grace that is overflowing in our lives. As the psalmist said, Lord God, our cup runs over. Sometimes we're so busy looking at other things that we forget that our cup indeed runs over. And so, Lord God, this morning we want to pause and reflect and thank you for who you are and what you do in our lives. We honor you and we bless you. We praise you and we worship you. Touch your word. Let your word have free course in the lives of your people as we honor you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen 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 give me some praise god is good so the title i have for you this morning is quite simple and it's this you got it amen turn to someone and say you got this you got, you got it you got it you got it you sure all right you got it all right so this morning we're going to look at scriptures as we always do every sunday and we're going to talk about two guys you know uh, two very interesting guys because these two guys share a lot of similarities but they also have some key differences in their life um you and your best friend ever had a best friend in your life where you hung out as a kid maybe you know you like the same things maybe it was video games or you know you like going to footy games together or whatever it is you like the same programs you like the same things you know when we hang out with people that are our friends we often have similarities with them right and then sometimes you grow in life and as differences come push you apart and you find new people and new similarities. Hopefully your spouse has something in familiar with you, you know, something that you can agree on. Oftentimes, Chanel and I try to talk about what kind of movie we watch and we don't have similar tastes in movies at all, <laughs> right? <laughs> Not at all. It's like Chanel's favorite movie is The Notebook and I've never watched The Notebook in my life. <laughs> She's been trying for like 15 years for me to watch that movie. And I, I said, just show me the trailer, because from the trailer, I know the whole movie. <laughs> and, you know, she's very gracious to me. She's a loving wife. She's very gracious because she goes and she watches the movies that I like. <laughs> and, I, and I can't get myself to watch the movies she likes. I just can't. I sit there and sometimes I fall asleep. <laughs> because, I don't know, she loves romantic movies. And, you know, it's, it's great. To sit with someone and watch a romantic movies, but sometimes it just gets too much, right? I'm like, I can't. I know the whole plot of this movie: girl meets boy, girl and boy break up, girl and boy make up, end of story. <laughs> That's it, right? That, that's what every romantic movie happens. There's no guns blazing, there's no fast car chases, there's none of that going on. It's like, you know, talking all through this movie, I'm like, maybe my brain is small and her brain is large, and so she can deal with all of this romantic stuff. Well, I just want things to blow up. <laughs> Men in our small mindsets, but amen. It's great that you have people that have similar tastes in life, right? When we hang out with people that have similar tastes we enjoy talking about similar things and things like that that's really good and so this morning as I said we're going to talk about two guys that are really interesting and they start off being very similar but sometimes similarities often lead to varying differences and so this morning the first person we want to talk about is Saul everyone knows Saul not Saul of Tarshish but Saul the first king of Israel You know, his story begins in 1 Samuel chapter 9. The second guy we want to deal with is King David, who was actually the second king of Israel. And you're going to see, as their stories start, they're very similar, really so similar. And there's three truths I want to share with you. Everyone say, three truths. truths. Is that a tongue twister? Seems so. Three truths, right? Three truths about both Saul and David as we begin their stories and we're talking about stories when we're introduced to Saul here's what's happening his family has lost some donkeys you know they take care of things just like in the old days they used to have you know flocks of sheep and donkeys and this his family has lost donkeys and so Saul and his companion they head out to try and find these donkeys and they spend a lot of time trying to find these donkeys and they can't find them everywhere and they've traveled for many days And it gets to the point where they talk to each other and go if we don't go back home they're going to wonder not stop worrying about the donkeys and start worrying about us because they might think that we are lost as well and then they have this brilliant idea his companion has this brilliant idea he goes in the nearby city that we're close to there's a prophet of God who's there his name is Samuel brilliant idea why don't we go and talk to Samuel and ask him where the donkeys are because he's a prophet right that's what he's supposed to know he's supposed to know all these things these mystical things where the donkeys are he'll be able to tell you he'll open up his hand point it on the map and go right there that's where the donkeys are so they go to samuel's house and knock on the door and samuel meets them and he says yes i know where your donkeys are but guess what i have a message from god for you that's what he says and here's the message from god To Saul it's found in first chapter Samuel chapter 10 verse 1 and this is what Samuel says and Samuel does right then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him saying has not the Lord anointed you ruler over his inheritance right so what's happening right here it says that Samuel took this flask of olive oil You know, and anointed it, poured it over Saul's head so the oil would run down. He kissed Samuel and said, I'm doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be king over Israel. He's appointed you to be the ruler. He's, he's, you know, chosen you. You're his special possession. So Saul shows up looking for donkeys, and God says to him, you're going to be a king. Right? Looking for lost donkeys... Sometimes you go in the wrong place and you find out that you actually get more than you bargained for. Ever had that in your life? I've seen so many people testify that they haven't applied for jobs and somehow God gave them a job. Or they went in with someone else doing an interview and they were just sitting there and somehow the interviewer turned to them and said, Hey, are you looking for a job? And they got a job. Like they didn't apply for this job, but God just gave it to them. It's a blessing from God. And this is exactly what happened to Saul, he showed up looking for donkeys, he got appointed to be the king of Israel, right? And it's amazing. So that's Saul. What about David? Well, David shows up six chapters later in the book of 1 Samuel. His story starts out not by him looking for donkeys, but instead he's watching over his family's sheep, right? He's a shepherd. He's watching the goats and the sheep. And Samuel, the same prophet who told saw that he's going to be anointed king shows up at Jesse's house and that's David's father looking for the second king of Israel that's because that's where God told him to go he got there and then they have the bachelorette you know that's what happens they roll out the people and then they choose that's exactly what happened so Jesse and David are sitting there and they're like okay bring out the kids and so they all troop out all seven of them It's like, okay, Samuel looks, no, not this one, not that one, not this one. But Samuel's going, oh, he looks like a king. Look at him, he looks great. But God says, no, you're looking on the outside, Samuel, but I'm looking on the person's heart. And so he goes, not you, not you, not you, not you. And then Samuel's like, okay, God, we just run out of contestants, right? There's no one left. And so he asked, Jesse, he goes, is there any other kids? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, we have one more. He's just like a little guy in the fields he's like no he's just the the run to the family he's hanging out you know he's taking care of the sheep and so jesse goes okay we'll get him and so you read this in first samuel 16 verse 13 listen to this again so samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers and from that day on the spirit of the lord came powerfully upon david samuel then went to ramah When you look at these two instances, isn't it very similar? Here you have the prophet anointing these two guys with oil and declaring to them that they're going to be the king of Israel. First you have Saul, and then you have David. And it says, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. on. And if you look at the scriptures, you see that this happened in both instances. It wasn't just in David's case. It was in Saul's case just as well. Because here's the truths I want you to understand that stand out in their lives and stand out in fact in our lives just as much. And these three truths are this. Number one, they're called to it. But if you're taking notes, write it down. They're called to it. Both Saul and David have a calling on their life. That's why God chose them. God has a purpose for them. And it's clear because they're both anointed by the prophet Saul. And God said through Samuel, this is what you're going to be. You're going to be the king of Israel. Right? They're called to it. Number two, they're also gifted for it. Right? Gifting in the scriptures means that God gives you the ability to carry out the calling he's placed on your life that's what gifting means God has gifted you with the abilities to carry out the calling that he has placed in your life it would be a very obtuse and harsh God if he said I want you to do something and he didn't give you the power to do it right so when he called Saul when he called David he called them and he anointed them and he gifted them with the ability to do what he's called them to do in both stories The spirit of the lord came powerfully upon them god gave them what they needed to be and who he called them to be so they were called to it number one they were gifted to it number two and number three others could see it right so they were called to it they were gifted for it and other people around them could actually see that they were called and gifted for it samuel the prophet could see it the rest of israel could see it we're told that saul on his way home from being anointed the spirit of the lord came powerfully on him and he began to prophesy that people around him said hey is this guy samuel also a prophet because the spirit of the lord came so powerfully on it and you can see god's thumbprint god's uniqueness god's power anointing and blessing and leading both these two because the spirit of god anointed them and came powerfully upon both of them they could see god all over them and we just read it here that the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Saul and it came powerfully upon David and everybody around them recognized it. In fact, one day when Saul was king and he was going through a bit of turmoil he goes, "Let's they go. Let's find someone to help Saul." Right? And someone goes, "I know a guy he's a great musician, he's a man of war, he's an awesome leader, he's great, why don't we get him? He's anointed, his songs are anointed. Guess who they were talking about? David. So everyone recognized this, right? Why was he talking about David? Because David was anointed, because others could see it. It wasn't just a private thing in the private that no one could recognize, it was a public thing. Everybody has been gifted by God. Do you know who has someone who's been gifted by God? Think about it for a second. It's easy to pick out, right? It's easy, and I don't just mean when it comes to spiritual things. You can look out in the world and see, hey, that that you know, sports guy has been gifted with the gift of playing sports. He's just it just comes so easily to him, right? Some of us, when we try to play sports, we fall over our feet, right? Ever watch Dancing with the Stars? Some of them just dance so beautifully. It's like you know, you try to dance that way, you'll be like a face plant. <laughs> There's other people that are anointed to do things. You look into your own life, you look into your family sometimes, you look at your friends, you look out into the public world, you can see that people are anointed. Some of them have gifts to do certain things. Isn't that right? You recognize that easily. And these three truths, right, that we talked about David, that talked about Saul, is just the same. David was anointed and called to it. Saul was anointed and called to it. David was gifted for it. Saul was gifted for it. Three, all the people around them could see it and recognize it. And that's what I want you to understand. It's so easy for us sometimes to look at other people and say, I know that guy, he's just gifted. I know that woman, she's just gifted to do that. Sometimes we see people pray and we go, that's such an amazing gift. Or we see people sing and we go, that's an amazing gift. Wish I could do that. We recognize those gifts so easily and we see the thumbprint or the fingerprint of God all across their life. God has gifted that person. God has gifted that individual. But here's the problem. Why don't we look at ourselves and say the same thing? It's easy to look at someone else and go, they're anointed, they're blessed, they're gifted. I see it. But why is it so hard for us as followers of Christ to look in the mirror and see that God has gifted us just as much. Do we count ourselves out? Why so? Why is it so hard to see God's thumbprint on our life, on our situation, that we're just as gifted as Saul and David, just as gifted as these two awesome men of God? But instead, when we look in the mirror, guess what we see? We see the gaps in our life. We see the failures in our life. And we fixate on the problems that we have rather than seeing the gift that God has given us we look at what we fail at we look at what we are bad at we look at how we disqualify ourselves rather than what God has called us i've met so many people over my years of ministry and it's been more than 20 years That recognize and talk about other people and when they look at themselves they go oh i can't pray or i can't preach or i can't share i can't do this so i'm not able to do this they put themselves down but god doesn't put them down god doesn't disqualify them god doesn't say you're not capable god doesn't say you're not able in fact god says you're more than able you're more than conquerors you're well capable you're well able to do it and we, we supersede his word with our word and say, No, 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 no. I don't care what God says, I say what I say, and I my word is more important than his word. Do you see how we disqualify God's word in our life? How we put down his blessing in our life because we disqualify ourselves. When God doesn't disqualify us, we look at ourselves and we put ourselves down. We think we're inadequate. We think we're not capable. I want to challenge you this morning when you read scriptures to look into their lives and find one person other than Christ who was perfect. One person who had no problems at all, that never had any issues. You know what? You'll be looking through that for eternity to come because there's no man in scriptures that is perfect. They all had problems. They all had issues. They were people just like you and I. You know what the difference is? They allowed God's thumbprint to reflect in them rather than look in the mirror and disqualify themselves. They made a choice. They decided that what God says about me is more important than what I say about me. What God declares about me is much more worthwhile than what I say about me. Because God's Word can change lives. God's Word can transform lives. Because here's the truth, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, The three things that were true about Saul and David is just as true about you. That God has called you, that God has gifted you, and others can see it even though you think no one can. God has blessed you. If you're a follower of Christ, you're called to it. God's gifted you for it. And there's a calling on your life. Jesus didn't just come to save us from our sins, even though that would have been far sufficient. But Jesus also saved us for a purpose, right? You're not here purposeless. You're here on purpose by God's design for a purpose. He has given you a purpose to walk on the earth and you're called to it. Some of you are going, that sounds great, you know. I believe what you're saying, I just don't see it. Right now, I'd settle for a job. But I'm not talking about a job, I'm talking about a calling. What are you called to do? Because sometimes we do jobs, but that doesn't mean that's what you're called to do. A lot of times we go and do stuff we need to do to pay our bills and to take care of our families. But God has called you and anointed you and gifted you to do something amazing in this world. Every single one of you. So let me ask a question: What purpose has God placed in you today? What purpose has God placed in you for your life? As followers of Christ, we've made that decision to follow to follow Him, and we all say some similar things. We all share some similar things. Let me say one of those callings is to follow Christ, right? As Christ followers, we are to become more like Jesus. We are to follow His patterns. We are to be Christ like. We get up and love people. We try to embrace people. We try to talk about things that follow in the Word of God. We try to live according to the instructions that Jesus calls us to. All of us have some similarities. Remember, we talked about similarities? All of us have some similarities. But there's also differences that make us unique. We're not all the same. Now, all of us have a calling. All of us have a uniqueness. All of us have a blessing from God. What is Jesus' great commandment? Do you remember? What was the first commandment? To love your Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And the second is to love your neighbor like yourself. That's similarity between all of us. All of us as Christ followers have been given that, have been called to that. We're called to love god we're called to love others we're called to make disciples but then it breaks down into individual giftings because god is not cookie cut the world he doesn't plant and cut out everyone in the same mold every single one of you are so unique and so loved and so blessed that god's fingerprint is so unique on your life just like your fingerprint is the most unique fingerprint pin in this world there's no one like you in fact, when God makes things, He breaks the mold all the time. There's nothing in this world that God has created that is replicated. Every plant, every animal, every seed, everything in this world is unique by itself. They might be from the same species, but they're not the same. And it's just like us. We, we make things similar. You know, We make cars the same. We make manufactured things the same. It has to look the same. All of us have the same looking phone. All that stuff that we make, but God never makes anything the same. He makes everything unique and wonderful and marvelous. That means that He takes care in His creation with such uniqueness and love. We're we're called into similar callings as a follower of Christ. But maybe you're here today and you don't know what that specific calling in your life is. And that's okay. Because here's what I know. When God calls you to something, He's going to make it clear to you. When God calls you to something, He is going to make it clear to you. And this is the truth that God has definitely called you. But He's not just going to call you. He's going to gift you. And He's not just going to gift you. He can, others around you will be able to see what you're called to do. Listen to this a marvelous scripture that Paul gives us in Romans chapter 12. He says this in verse 6 to 8. Listen carefully to what he says. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us right we have different gifts every single one of us have different gifts given to each and every one of us if your gift is to prophesy then prophesy in accordance with your faith if it is in serving then serve if it's in teaching then teach if it is to encourage then give encouragement if it is in giving then give generously if it is if it's to lead do it diligently if it is to show mercy do it cheerfully and it, what is poignant there is that to every single one of us to each of us god has given a gift now you can argue with god and say i don't know if i've got one but the word of god says that so I'm sorry, I'm going to call you a liar if you say God hasn't given you anything because the word of God is true. And in fact, scripture says, let the word of God be true and every man be a liar. (laughs) So if you have a problem with that, you need to argue with him, right? Because I didn't say it. I'm just telling you what he says. So all of us have been given a gift from God. That doesn't mean that we all know it. Sometimes we might be confused and might not be clear, but all of us have been given a gift from God turn to your neighbor and say I got it it. you got it tell them you got it when the apostle Paul says this he says you're a follower of Christ God is giving you a gift and you got it here's what we're talking about how do you see that God has gifted you because you got it (laughs) it's simple How do you know? Because you got it. He gave it to you. Right? God has given you what you need to carry out what he's placed in your life. But see, the thing is, what are we going to do with that gifting? Because Saul and David, this is where we're getting to. Saul and David did two drastically different things. And I showed you how they started off exactly the same. Very similar, right? They both started the same. God called them, God gifted them, and others could see it. But what they did with it made a huge difference in their lives. In fact, what they did with it determined how other people saw them. It wasn't the fact that God didn't gift them. It wasn't the fact that God didn't call them. It wasn't the fact that others couldn't see it. It's what they chose to see about themselves that made all the difference in their lives. And I want to encourage you this morning to listen to what happened with them and use them as examples because oftentimes we follow similar patterns. And I want you, by the end of this message, to choose who are you going to follow. Are you going to follow and be like Saul or are you going to follow and be like David? You need to make a choice. It's multiple choice this morning and you get to select either A or B, right? No one's going to force you to choose it, but you have to choose it. You can't walk away going, mm, I'm not taking this test. Because when you hear this, you're already in the exam. <laughs> right? You just need to make the answer. So, what are you going to do with the calling that God has placed on your life? Listen to what happens here. So, one of the ta- next times that Saul is mentioned in the scripture, after being anointed over the king of Israel, Samuel has gathered the whole nation. He's gathered the nation of Israel together and it's going to be coronation day. It's going to be when they declare this is going to be the king. What's going to come on? We're going to separate. We're going to call the person. We're going to call the family. We're going to call the tribe. We're going to whittle it down. We're going to drill it down into this. Now two people already knew who was going to be king, right? Who's those two people? Saul and Samuel. They both knew who was going to be king because Samuel already anointed Saul to be king before this whole public ceremony they knew what's going to happen what tribe's going to be picked who's going to be picked from the tribe what family is going to be picked and who is going to be picked as the king it was Saul's clan and that's what happens they gather together they start with all the tribes you know we're going to pick this tribe then we spread it down into this family line then it's going to step into this family and then it's going to be Saul And here's what happened. Look at the scriptures again. 1 Samuel 10 verse 20 to 22. When Samuel had all Israel come forward by tribes, the tribe of Benjamin was taken by Lot. Then he called forward the tribe of Benjamin, clan by clan, and Matri's clan was taken. Finally Saul of Kish was taken. But when they looked for him, he was not to be found. So they inquired further of the Lord, where is he God? Has the man come here yet? The Lord said, yes, he's hidden himself among the supplies. Another translation says, Saul was hiding amongst the baggage, right? So Saul is selected. He knew he was called. He knew he was gifted. He had just prophesied the spirit of the Lord had come powerfully on him. He was selected to be king, but where was he? He was hiding with the baggage. He was hiding with the luggage. He's literally hiding with the baggage that people brought when they gathered together. He's supposed to be head and shoulders above everyone else. He's supposed to be taller than everyone. He's supposed to be the good-looking guy. If he stood in a crowd, you'd know where Saul was because he was the tallest guy. But instead of standing up and standing out, guess what he did? He bowed down and hid out. This huge guy who was called, who's gifted, everyone could see it, asked the question of himself, I don't know if I have what it takes. It's like almost humorous, right? It's almost funny. God has called you, God has anointed you, people around you see it, you see it of yourself, but you're going, oh, I'm just going to hide out amongst the baggage. I, I don't think I'm capable enough. I don't think I'm able It's like we're all called, we're all gifted, before we judge Saul too quickly, have we found ourselves hiding amongst the baggage? What baggage did you carry in 2019? Are you still hiding out in last year's baggage? Still hanging out there and going, I'm not able yet, I'm not qualified enough, I'm not, you know, I don't think I'm able, I don't think that I'm I'm capable. I don't think I have the gifting. I don't think God's called me. I don't think this has happened when God has clearly said all these things that we read from Scripture. I don't know what I need to do to step out. You're like, God, my last relationship was a mess. I don't know what you're calling me to do this year. We hide in the baggage of our past. We hide in the baggage of our insecurity. God, I don't know if I know the Bible enough and how am I supposed to talk to someone if I don't know the Bible enough? Are we a follower of Christ? Are we a Christ follower? God's not asking you to know the scripture from Genesis to Revelation by heart in order for you to talk to someone. God's not saying that you need to have the most perfect relationship in life in order to build another one. God's not saying that you need to have your life together perfectly before you can help someone else. Because in fact, he's looking for broken people to help other broken people. What does God say about you? What does God say about me? Here's the problem. If we're buried in the baggage of our past, we can't see where God is taking us in our future. If we're buried in the baggage of our past, we can't see where God is taking us into our future. If our baggage of 2019 is holding us down, we can't see our future in 2020. Because we're still hiding out Amongst the baggage. We won't leave it behind. We won't stand up and step out. Here's the good news, however. It's because you are called, because you are gifted, and others can see it, you have the choice to step up and stand out and say to yourself, I've got it. If you're struggling with a baggage in your life, the best you can do is surround yourself with other people who speak truth in your life. So you know it. Put people in your life who can speak life into you. Not people who pull you down. Put people in your life that can build you up and encourage you. And that's fact, Rome, Paul says in Romans, you know, if you have the gift of encouragement, encourage people around you. A lot of us sometimes are just hanging out and not doing what God has called us to do. And there's people around us That might be falling apart but we say we're not qualified enough to tell them how to be better so I'm just gonna shut my mouth I remind you again there was no perfect person in the scripture when we talk about Paul Paul was the one who stood there while Stephen was getting stoned he was the the main culprit the organizer of someone getting murdered but yet we have such wonderful words from Paul the apostle Paul most of our knowledge and depth and theology comes from Paul his letters to the church why are you listening to a murderer right why are you listening to King David he's a murderer just as well but we talk about them being redeemed we talked about them getting anointed we talk about them living a holy life why don't you believe that about yourself it's the same thing Our past does not define our future because when God comes in the middle, He removes what's broken and scarred, He renews us, He transforms us, and He sets us on a path for greatness. You get to choose what you want to do. You see, the next time we see David mentioned, remember we just talked about Saul mentioned after he got anointed. Listen to what happened with David. The next time we see David in scripture after he's anointed to king to be king he shows up at the battle there's the israelites on one side the philistines on the other side he shows up with some cheese and wine you know that's what he shows up with different kinds of cheeses he had a cheese platter for his brother exactly true he shows up with a cheese platter and he's like what's going on over here and they're like well we're in a battle you know there's those guys on that side and us guys on this side and there's this huge guy named Goliath he's standing over there and he's challenging some of us to come and fight him and well quite frankly none of us have the courage to do it that's exactly what happened right everyone saw the situation no one responded everyone saw the reality of it but they all disqualified themselves guess who was chief disqualifier king Saul Again, he says, I'm not able, but yet he was called, yet he was gifted, and others could see it, but again, he disqualified himself. David doesn't have that mentality. In fact, look at what David says in 1 Samuel 17, 26. David asked the men standing near to him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Right? It's a disgrace, people. You're getting mocked by unbelievers. And you're talking about a God who's able to deliver, but none of you believe him enough to step out and take on this unbeliever. He goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Just by his words alone, David stirs up courage within himself and he has an infallible, unshakable belief in the God that he serves. He didn't look at the size of Goliath and go wow I'm but a child you know I'm I'm like about 15 years old I'm scrawny look at my muscles look at his muscles look at his armor I have no armor what's going on do you think I could go in this battle probably not by logic no one would said yes you're gonna win it didn't seem like it was going to be a fair fight in fact it looked like it was set up for to be an extreme slaughter but David didn't look at the circumstances he looked at God You see, when Saul was called to it and gifted for it, everyone else could see it. He hid in the baggage saying, God, I don't feel like I have what it takes. But David stepped up for the battle. David stepped up to the battle. He said, you know what? I got it. and You got it. Not saying, God, I don't feel like I have what it takes, but saying, God, take what I have and you do the rest. We're not perfect, church. But God has gifted us as imperfect beings. God has called us as imperfect beings. And he's called us to do amazing things. So we don't need to rely on what we have. We need to rely on who he is. Just like David made a choice. He goes, I'm not capable in my own physical strength to overcome Goliath. But I'm believing in who God is. Because guess what? He's called me. anointed me and other people can see it I'm gonna step out because here's the deal when we say God I don't feel like I have what it takes we are basing the outcome upon our ability God I don't feel like I have what it takes when we say God take what I have you know what you're saying God I'm relying on your strength and not on my ability If you're a follower of Christ, as I said last week, the battle is already won. You're already a victor. You are more than a conqueror. You just need to show up like David showed up. He's already done it for you. Speak to yourself and say, I got it. I got it. You see David understood this truth that being gifted is not a mistake that being anointed is not a mistake and others can see if you're a follower of Christ you got it being gifted means that you have something to give being gifted means that you have something to give and something to gain you gain Strengthen God when you step out and trust Him. And I really want to be transparent today. There's days that I wake up and I hide out in the baggage. I do. Like God, I don't know if I have what it takes to be a good husband. I don't know if I have what it takes to be a good pastor today. I don't know if it I have what it takes to be a good human being today. There's times that I hide out in the baggage. And i question whether god has called me but i always go back to the scripture and i read again what god says about me god says that you're more than a conqueror god says you are well god says you're capable god says that i'm with you god says that you are able And when I read God's words over my life, they encourage me to be what God has called me to be. Because sometimes in my own abilities, in my own flesh, in my own weaknesses, I disqualify myself. But I need the great God of the universe to qualify me. And when I realize that His words over me always qualify me, and they always qualify me, I can speak to myself and say, you got it. You got it. The outcome... Is not dependent upon me. It's dependent upon who is with me. I'll say that again. It's not dependent upon me. It's dependent upon who is with me. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David and powerfully upon Saul. But one chose to hide out in the baggage and one chose to step out and rely on God. Two different times. Do you know that Saul is never mentioned in the New Testament even once? But David is mentioned more than 60 times in the New Testament? One was never heard of again. Well, one was talked about constantly. What is your purpose? What are you called to do? Do you look at yourself and say, I got it? Or do you look in the mirror and go, "I'm not able to do this." God says you got it. God says you have it. Do not disqualify yourself. And so I asked you the, in the middle of this message, as we come to our conclusion, it's multiple choice, right? A, I want to be like Saul. B, I want to be like David. All of us get to choose. Today, do we check the A and go, "You know what? I'm not secure in myself, I'm going to hide out in the baggage. 2019, I hung out in the baggage, and 2020, I um, guess what? I'm going to hang out in the baggage again. And I make myself small, I'm going to cut myself out, I'm going to think that I'm not able, I'm not capable, I'm not ready, I'm not, you know a million things. You can go down the list a million things and disqualify yourself over and over again. But you know, you only need one thing on the other list that says God got you. And that is more than able to overcome all of our inadequacies, all of our failures, all of our minuscule mistakes, whether it's massive or you think it's massive, God doesn't count your failures against you. Because here's the thing, if he did, you wouldn't be sitting here right now. You wouldn't. He doesn't count that against you so church in 2020 let's make the choice to believe that we are called that we are gifted and others around it can see us even though we might not be able to see it and we get to choose do we be like david or do we be like saul do we choose when god says you're anointed to go no i i think that you know i'm not and Does your word have more weight than God's word? What weighs more? What has more authority? What has more strength? What has more conviction in your life? Is it your words or is it God's words? Because when we say we're not able, we're actually elevating our words above God's word and saying that our word is more important than what God says about me. And we choose to listen how that we're inadequate and how we're not capable rather than listening when God says you are well able and you're more than capable so I want you to choose this morning choose what God has chosen for you choose to be like David and don't worry about how big the mountain is how big the obstacles no matter what seems before you choose to take on giants, to speak to mountains, to stand up and be what God has called you to be. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.